it's so rare, you know, ACDC finding a second lead singer, you know, was so rare, you know, Eddie Van Halen finding two good lead singers. But to me, Rage should have stayed together. There had to be a way to negotiate that. Yeah, well, I mean, the good, the good news is that uh, Rage Against the Machine, you know, came back between 2007 and 2011, and we were 15 days away from, you know, our first show, you know, in 10 years since then. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I treasure the, that chemistry and those relationships. And yeah, you're right. But rock bands are right. Like, have you ever, like, rock bands are rock bands. You know what I mean? And they're made up of creative people who sometimes have differences and sometimes those differences sort of outweigh the moment. Um, was the difference I, financial though? Was it that no, there were financial? It wasn't. That's not, that's, that's the that's managers. Something we absolutely. Something we're absolutely not going to get into because it's, because it's, one thing it is, is because com- it's completely in the past. It's completely in the past. Here, I will tell you this. Okay. When you want, when any rage against the machine questions, when rage against the machine comes up, I'm not the spokesman for rage against the machine. I'm here to particularly Who talk is? about there, there's what, when the four of us are in a room, that's when you're hearing the official rage against the machine content. And, wow. you know, please feel free to invite us and we'll see if we go. But, uh, but like the, the way that I look at it is like, it's a, you are absolutely right. And there is, there was a great quote from, um, uh, Joe Strummer of the Clash, where they Topperhead and the the drummer had a, a heroin problem, and they you know they fired him from the band. And Joe said like like we never played another good show again, you know. And so like the chemistry is something that everybody in any band should should greatly greatly treasure, and that's something that we have treasured, and that and that the fact that you know that we've you know we reunited and we and are reuniting again, and you know especially I think the world the world needs. Not, not just not just rage, but needs like bands that yes. speak with a voice of authenticity, which bands speak in in an unapologetic way, you know, about what's going on in a way that connects with with an audience in order to aim for real sort of substantive change at an important historical juncture on our planet. Uh, a band with core values, maybe that that actually yeah. believes in something. But you know, in a way, do you relate to the Pete Townsends of this world? Here you are, this great guitar player, great songwriter. And Pete Townsend, by the way, can sing too. You can sing. But you like having a lead singer to, to you know, you like that. You liked it in Audio Slave. You like it, you know, you like it with Chris Cornell. Sure. But in a way, do you feel like, fuck, these guys, and I'm not blaming the lead singer. It's everybody contributes to a breakup of a band. But like, it's just, you know, I think Pete Townsend sometimes goes, oh, I wish I just didn't need Roger Daltrey. You know what I mean? It's like I got. I, I write never, the songs. I never, I never think that. I mean, the, the way that, this is this is <clears throat> this is the way I look at it is that there's that there's, um, the strength of a band is its chemistry. The strength of a solo artist is a purity of vision. You know what I mean? And so yep. I have been so like I have been in a band with Zach De La Rocha, one of the greatest frontmen of all time. I've been in a band with Chris Cornell, one of the greatest singers of all time. I've been in a band with Bruce Springsteen. One of the greatest, right. you know, rock and roll artists of, of all time. And in addition to that, I've been able to have a, a, a very meaningful solo career, which has been completely fulfilling. Now, <clears throat> those opportunities were allowed to happen because bands come and go, you know, like, like the, right. the rich mosaic of what my, I've made 20 records, Howard, of very, you know, and four of them are Rage Against the Machine records. I made 20 right. records that, you know, that I stand behind like children, you know, each one, each one's a child and each experience has been like a really significant and precious one that I've attacked with like all of my, uh, creative power. And that's just the way that the, the, you know, the, the dice have rolled and I wouldn't change it for anything. 
So you didn't go into a major depression when Rage broke up? Like you didn't sit there? No, and, what, we did, like, what we did when Rage broke up was we went over to Rick Rubin's house. Tim and Brad right. and I were like, we, what are we going to do? <laughs> and we listened to Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden a lot. And we said, that guy's, that, maybe we should talk to that dude. What and a voice. I don't know. What a voice. What a voice. What a voice. What but a I'll voice. tell you, it was an, it was a, it was an interesting, yeah. it was an interesting beginning because while, um, particularly like the song Slaves and Bulldozers and Bad Morphe, it was, it was hugely influential on me. And I think that Soundgarden and Chris Cornell in particular helped right. redeem hard rock music in that, in that fans like me who love, I love big riffs. I loved heavy riff rock music, but a lot of times I could not relate to the lyrics, which were either about the devil or groupies, neither of which. Right. Or, you know, you so care about it to me, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but 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 Soundgarden, along with a couple of other bands, like Chris was smart, and you could tell, and he was poetic, and he had like this kind of dark poetry that connected on a level that felt, you know, But he he also unapologetically embraced the big riff rock. So anyway, so we so Rick and I decided we're going to go talk to Chris and see what he thinks. So Chris lives on the last loneliest castle in ojai like you it's an hour and a half outside of la and, I, and rick rubin like at the time i'm driving still being punk rock i'm driving my 1985 chevrolet astro van and now rick doesn't leave the house unless he's in a rolls royce that's in another rolls royce you know so like he's <laughs> know. You know, so he's yeah. serious about he must be serious about this because he gets in my van to go yeah. so we drive up there and the one thing about chris's chris's vocals and his lyrics that there's a there's a spookiness to them and there's a sort of a, a darker side to them. And so I don't really know what he's going to be like. So we drive up there and he, and we're, you know, it's in the darkening, it's dusk and we're kind of these tree lined Transylvanian like streets. And we get up to the top and there's Chris's kind of spooky mansion. There's some motorcycles out front and there's like the long sort of traipsing staircase. And Rick and I pull up and, and the doors, you know, the doors open straight up Adam's family style, like with nobody right. opening the doors. And yeah. here comes Chris, you know, he, he, lanky six two you know six two of frame dark of countenance and he comes kind of slowly loping you know down the steps and rick turns to me and goes let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> like our so <laughs> like, like our souls wow. are in peril uh, fortunately we did not fortunately it was we did scary. not right it was i mean it was it was it was we it was weird it was like it was weird yeah it Weird wasn't like, energy. hey guys, hey guys, come on in, you know, have, you know, have right. a, have a cider. Um, but fortunately we did, we did persevere. <laughs> nah. And, uh, and, and I was in, you know, a band, uh, you know, those, those three audio slave records. And while Chris was a friend and while Chris was a bandmate, I never stopped being a fan of his and his, you know, his ability to craft melody out of the ether. You could throw it with whether it was a, you know, a, a few, simple chords like the song like a stone or there was some complicated you know heavy riff he would effortlessly create right. something that was either beautiful or terrifying out of that and you know, there it is there it is that sound what a beautiful guy i got to meet him a couple of times i interviewed him a few yeah. times came into my studio and um just just a gentleman i i mean i had a great experience with him and I can't imagine, too, like, after you have a success like Rage Against the Machine, and then now all of a sudden you got to go put together another band, and you sit there and go, oh, fuck, are, they, are, are the critics, are the fans going to think we're as good? I mean, in a sense, it yeah. was like a super group. You joining yeah. up with yeah. Chris Cornell 
and 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 that even is more pressure. You know, it's like yeah. oh, the record company looked pretty expecting... good. It looked pretty good on paper, though. Let me tell you that it sure did. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah. really did. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and 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 is there an adjustment for you as a guitar player that all of a yes. sudden you're working with a new guy? Yes, it's absolutely. Like... I mean, not so much not so much working with a new guy, but working with like a melodic singer. Um, right. You know, and his, his strengths were with melody, and it really challenged and pushed Tim and Brad and I to, you know, to to. You know, like r r the music of Rage Against the Machine is James Brown bass. It all comes around to the one. You know, it's like it's the same driving beat and the same driving rhythm that comes around because, you know, because it's it's rapping and it's it's like punk rock, um, the excellent punk rock vocals of Zach. With Chris, in order to allow him to shine, there had to be this kind of harmonic counterpoint. So it right. really, you know, like that song, Like a Stone was, you know, it's, it's a few simple chords, but allows Chris's beautiful voice to soar. Right. Yeah. No, it's a whole different approach. Yeah. I mean, you've had an amazing career, you know, even the way we started, like, I, I can't imagine. Did you, do you sing up, uh, are you singing the backup vocals on that Tom Jode with Bruce Springsteen when you were up on stage? Is I'm singing that you? the lead. I'm singing the lead. I know you're singing the, the lead. No, yeah. I know that. Yeah. 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 It's just fucking I mean, crazy. Bruce is also singing the lead vocals, but yeah, that's uh, no. No, yeah, I I mean, like, a, no, I mean, like here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing too, is like when, when audio slave formed, it was my original intention that Audio Slave would be a more political band than Rage Against the Machine was, and, and Chris wouldn't have any of it, right? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't so much. It was just like uh, in order for a band, it, it ha comes back to chemistry. It's like in order for a band to be great, it has to be authentic. Rage Against the Machine was authentic in the way that it it formed. Audio Slave had to find what it was, and I couldn't shoehorn a square peg into a, into a round hole. But it then provided the opportunity for me to to. I, but I was like, I can't leave that part of me behind. We're going to be kind of Zeppelin-like in musically, right. but I am still a committed activist. And so I began this night, the solo career, like this night watchman career where I made, you know, multiple albums of kind of singer songwritery stuff. And you know, we would be on tour with Audio Slave playing hockey arenas. And on nights off, I would go to open mic nights at coffee houses, sign up as the night watchman and play my three songs in front of 12 people in a latte machine with the same conviction that I ever played in a, you know, an arena or a stadium. Yeah. I'm shocked by that. Like you could do an arena show and then go, go be the night watchman. But, um, you know, I didn't know anything about the night watchman, honestly, until I heard your mm -hmm. show on lithium, you yeah. started, you played the other day you played, um, this Battle hymns for the broken and I got into it Battle and I loved it. For the and I was like, oh, Tom does this stuff, you know, and it kind of reminded me of like kind of Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I've, I've always been a fan of, of heavy music, you know, and first it was metal, then punk, then hip hop. But it was through maybe Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska record and those early Dylan records that I realized that in my view, the heaviest music is can be the quietest music. And if you've got the right, the right couplet matched with the with the intent and purpose it can be as heavy as anything in the metallica catalog that's why i like your radio show you did a rap one day you were sitting there with your mother and, and you were talking you were going to play a bob dylan song and you started to explain to me the beauty of bob dylan and your the way you saw it and it wasn't like some long you don't do these long raps you did like a minute or two on bob dylan and i went oh because i was never a big bob dylan fan i didn't get it yeah. it seemed rather monotonous yeah. to me and uh, the way you explained it i was like oh okay i fucking get it now you know, you you explained it from a musician's point of view and right what on. it meant to you. That's why I like your show on uh, 
on lithium so much. It's well, spe- really speaking good. Of my sh- speaking yeah, of my well, show, I, Art, I got, a lot, I got yeah. a lot more shows coming. You want to? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this for you. We're talking this today. is yeah, the reason yeah. you're here. Um, yeah. uh, Not just to entertain us and like, I, look, us. I've been, you know, I, I enjoy <laughs> look, look, I enjoy the repartee. Tom, Tom's yeah. here to to tell me why Elton John has no piano in his house <laughs> uh, and, and why Eddie Van Halen was as good as they say he was. He, was he as good? Is he, who are the top five guitarists beside yourself? And uh, Eddie. I mean, yeah, I mean, Eddie, cer- Eddie, Eddie is certainly on the Mount Rushmore, and you know I think with with any with any music with uh, you know with any it's subjective, it's completely right. subjective. So you can like you know anybody you want and put them up there. But as as far as people like I would I would for me it would be probably Hendrix, Van Halen, uh, Jimmy Page, and then I'd put Randy Rhodes, who was my he was the poster that was on my wall when I was playing eight hours a day. Right. Especially because he really self identified as a musician first and as a rock star second, and that was very appealing right. to me. What about Ozzy? Do you, do you, you, I know you like Black Sabbath and I know you like Ozzy. What, what, what is it about Ozzy that's so fucking great? Cause I love well, I mean, Ozzy. It's, it's, it's his catalog. It's his, like, like the, fe- like it's, you know, it's Black Sabbath, like the greatest heavy metal band of all time. And then he transit, he finds this guy, Randy Rhodes, who becomes my favorite. I, my, my son's name is Rhodes Morello. He's named after my firstborn right. son is named after Randy Rhodes. Um, but I will say we let's we have to talk about my radio show in, in, a, in a second. We've got, but, we're gonna. But, I promise. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. But the uh, yeah. the uh, so I got the opportunity to play with Ozzy. He was doing these like kind of Ozzy and Friends shows, and so right. you know here I am like the number one Randy Rhodes fan of all, of all time, getting to play songs like Mr. Crowley and whatnot with Ozzy Osbourne. Right. And and we're playing. It's me and Slash, and we're playing in New Orleans with Ozzy. And you know we've done our thing, and it's it's sight. We're high fiving, and and. The crew says we're, we're all coming out to play Paranoid at the end for the big finale, and right. they, he plays Iron Man. Then they're gonna then it says Mama, I'm coming home on the set list, and then Paranoid. And the crew says he never plays Mama, I'm coming home. So after Iron Man, get ready to go out there, rock Paranoid. I'm like, got it. So we got our guitars on. Here we go. So he finishes Iron Man. Slash and I walk out there, and Ozzy goes, "The next song is called Mama, I'm coming home." <laughs> a song we a song we don't know how to play. A song we don't. There we go play. again. Yeah. So so, so we so we kind of like slink around to the back of the stage so we're not now we're sitting behind the the amplifiers sitting there waiting for him to play the song there's this guy this crew guy at the side of the stage gesticulating wildly like he's he's apoplectic like and i can't hear him because it's you know it's super loud and he's like and we're like what and me and slash like what and he, he apparently is afraid he must have been like scolded like you may not come onto the stage or cross the stage for any reason but he's trying to convey what is clearly a very important message to us like what so finally you can tell like he can't stand it he runs over and he says you're sitting on the pyro (laughs) (laughs) you me and slash me and Slash oh are God. sitting on the pirate. So Ozzy Osbourne's oh. about to blow up me and Slash, and this guy like, <laughs> like won't even come across. I'm like, bro, next time, next time, you know, me and Slash are sitting on the pyro. You might want to just come right over and let us know. That. <laughs> Slash anyway, is a we, motherfucker of a guitar player, is he not? He's a, I mean, this he's a great, he's a great guitar player and a great dude too. Like he's, you know, I've played a many, you know activist and charity oriented concerts through the years, and he's someone that will always. He'll always say yes. He'll just show up without an entourage, just bring his top hat and his Les Paul and jam great in any and, and yeah, he's another guy. You try to imitate those um the yeah. some of the, the, the movements he's very complex, right? I mean it's not yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to do what he's doing. He 
He and I just did a song for the first time. We've played together on stage a lot, but we just did a song right. together called Interstate 80, which is like, I don't know if you remember like the Guitar Hero game, like the video game Guitar Hero that we yes. both had avatars in, right? So it was basically making that guitar duel come to life on a record. It's called Interstate 80, which is on my most recent record. Yes, and by the way, uh, you play on your show a lot um, on, on Lithium. Um, I do. You know, yes, yes, you do. Yeah. Oh my God! I, you know, there's so many. I, I, I want to now, of course. Uh, um, it, it, I'm, I'm, my head is swimming because I'm just imagining you at an Ozzy Osbourne concert, you and Slash getting blown up by the pyro. <laughs> right. you know, fucking amazing. What a way to go out! I'm like, I'm like what I a mean, way? Can you like, imagine, <laughs> like, like that would have been fitting. That's a real rock and roll. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have, yeah. have the pyro shoot right up your ass, right? Oh. <laughs> you know, it would have been, it would have been awesome, but. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about Alice Cooper and cause I love Alice Cooper and I know you do. Yeah, me too. And, me too. and, 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 and I feel like that's a guy. And, and you know what else I need to talk to you about? I don't know if we have enough time in this thing. We probably don't because we've been talking way too long. I wanted to talk to you about the rock and roll hall of fame. And I'm, I'm going to, there's a lot of exciting Tom Morello news here on Sirius XM. And I couldn't be more proud that you're part of the same thing that I'm part of and all yeah. that. Um, but the, the, the rock and roll hall of fame, just for one minute. You're one of those guys. You're not a guy who votes for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're the guy who selects who's going to be up to vote on in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're one I'm of those on that people. Committee. I'm on that committee. Yeah. yeah. I'm fascinated by this. First of all, I, I wouldn't even be clear. Like, would Tom Morello like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or would he hate the Rock and Roll <laughs> well, Hall of Fame? Well, you're, you're asking, you're asking the right idea. question. You're asking right. the right question because, because like, if you're, a, if you're a baseball player, you hope to one day have a career that is such that you would be welcomed into the among the greats in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. My right. thought, you know, historically about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as it was, it didn't have a lot of my favorite bands in it. It completely ignored the genre of heavy metal. Didn't have yeah. most of the, you know, like my record collection from when I was 11 to when I was, you know, 19 was wholly unrepresented in the Rock and Roll R Hall of Fame. Bad Company is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There, I mean, there's there, at, at, at the time, there was, at the time, Rush wasn't in, Stevie Ray Vaughan wasn't in, Kiss wasn't in. Like there was this long list of bands that were so obvious to me that should be in the, that weren't in. But the right. good news, like one of the people that runs the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Bruce Springsteen's manager, John Landau. So when we were, okay. we were on tour, when we were on, on tour, I would, you know, John's a good friend and I would see him. I'd be like, I would constantly be like, you need to fix the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, if if me, someone who loves and cherishes rock and roll, doesn't give a shit about being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, then right. then it ain't right. And to his credit, right. he heard me and he put me in the committee. And I went there and I told everybody, you know, the and, committee sounds like though, like it's um um uh, like like one of those conspiracy theory things, like you know, like uh like who are these guys on the committee? Who do you like? Where do you go? I'm so fascinated by this. Where do you go? Once yeah. a year, you go and yeah, it's, you advocate. It's like, it's like choosing the pope. It's like choosing the pope. There's a lot of secret. <laughs> the, the, the room itself is shrouded and shrouded in secrecy. But you know, it's is it's, there it's, white it's, smoke? It's, it's, it's there's white smoke when we've, when we've right, made right. a decision. You know, and there's right. very and again, it's all it's all subjective. My my feeling is that who sits there with you, Tom? You got to tell me this. Who is in this room? I will say I will, the, the people that that I. Uh, 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 Dave Grohl is in that room. Questlove right. is in that room. Steve Van Zandt right. is in that room. There's, a, there's other people in the room too. But um, okay. and, and the uh, you know, and we all make our case for like who we think should be. My biggest concern is that there are far because every year five or six groups get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. My biggest concern is that there are far more groups that are deserving and artists that are deserving of getting in than can ever get in based on that small funnel of five or right. six a year. And so. I mean, to me, that's the thing that needs to be addressed is like if you hit 
you know, 10,000 home runs in baseball, you're going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame no matter what. If you're a great band like, you know, like for me, it's Maiden, it's Priest, it's Motorhead, you know, which are sort of obvious. It's the Smiths. It's, it's Kraftwerk. It's LL Cool J, like sort of obvious pillars of their, of their genres that are not in and may not get in. Because every year there's five and there's a whole new crop each year. So that's what I continue to try to work on. Because and, I, and like an, I, I like want a, it to, I want it to really, really, really matter. And it will, and it will do that only when all of the deserving artists are in. And Tom, uh, when you say you get up and make a presentation yes. to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, other guys yeah. like Dave Grohl's in the room and, and Quest yeah. Love. Uh, so you say, I want Rush in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then yes. you have to justify this. Do you play oh, music yeah. in front yeah. of? What do you do? No, to no, no, no. You make you make yeah. a you, you make a pitch. You make a pitch from. And my first year it was Kiss. Like that was it. Like one of the like how you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had a certain sort of you know it leaned in a particular way where they looked down on bands like Kiss. And for me, like for my kind of like, there's not a band that I play on Lithium that was not influenced by Kiss. You know what I mean? From, you know, wow. Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails, Tool, like all those ones really? that you like. Alice, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Un, Everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm unaware oh, yeah. of that. Maynard, what is the link? Maynard, Maynard, Maynard from Tool had an had a entire hallway of his apartment, which was covered in Kiss posters in Hollywood. You know, like, wow. like yeah, like Alice and Chet, like huge Kiss fans up and down. That is our Beatles and Rolling Stones. Like that is the band that made me love rock and roll. Like that's how Let it started. Let me ask you something. Can you separate the artist from their politics. In other words, let's say Ted Nugent. Um, he's the first one that comes to mind. I don't know if he's in the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Ted had a pretty good fucking career. He's a damn good guitar player. Yeah. But yeah. we know his politics is probably not uh, similar to most of the people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you not want him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, would you? Would, would you? I would what, say first what, of all, you you might be surprised to hear that Ted Nugent and I are good friends, and good. and I, he's all someone right. that I would someone that I think that you could you could make an argument for. You know, yes. based on based on you know like there's a there's a particular crop of records that were very important to me that I could probably make an argument for. Like if you're only letting five in a year, I, you know, it's, it's hard. Like five is a very, very small number, but uh, right. yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly, you know, like, you know, but, what, but if you're good friends with Ted Nugent and I know yeah. how you feel politically, I mean, I have a million questions about you politically and, and I want to understand some things, but Ted Nugent, you can be friends with him based on guitar and stuff like that. You guys probably well, I mean, don't sit around and talk here's, politics. Here's how that. Here's how that. No, we no, we actually we actually like Ted, for Ted's sixty. I didn't know Ted Nugent. All I did was I had you know those records when I was growing up. And for right. his sixtieth birthday, someone reached out to me and said, "We're making a video and we're asking guitar players to you know will you make a video for?" And I you know at the time the the Ted Nugent, which was sort of known in 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 the world in general, was this kind of more you know, right wing caricature of it was not right. people were not thinking of him first and foremost as the guy who shredded on, you know, cat scratch fever. And yeah, yeah, exactly, 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 yeah, right, yeah. exactly. But I was like, you know what? Ted Nugent records meant a lot to me when I was a kid. I, yeah, hell yeah. But then I had to think, what is the video that I'm going to make for <laughs> right. Ted's birthday? And I right. thought and I, I put some thought and I said, it's going to be about two things. One, it's going to be things that Tom Morello and Ted Nugent have in common. And right. I went down this long list of, you know, like free, free speech advocates, love, you know, our love of rock and roll, like a respect for guitar, this respect for uh, black artists who have, you know, created rock and roll. Um, and then the second was things that Ted Nugent taught an adolescent Tom Morello about sex. <laughs> and then we went through cat scratch fever, like these strange yeah. words, like 
The lyrics to the song Cat Scratch Fever, the lyrics to the song Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang, which were <laughs> utterly foreign to me. And right. I, had to, you know, I had to ask about on the playground, which were, yeah. it helped in sort of sort of an enlightening way. Anyway, so Ted called me up after that. Yes. And we, you know, and uh, while we we certainly have differences that he is, uh, I consider him a friend. I'm sure you went to Mary Morello and said, you know, uh, what is Wang Dang Sweet Poontang? Anyway, <laughs> I did not. I did, I did not make did that not, inquiry. And I'm not sure did. that she was familiar with that vernacular. No, it's so great. I, I would love to, because I'm so fascinated by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I thought, like, like maybe you would have been sort of anti that, like, there shouldn't be any competition yeah, between I, musicians. Well, I was, like I said, no, no, no. no I, mean, that's, you know. I, just think, I just think I like the fact that it acknowledges it acknowledges sort of careers and accomplishment, but it needs to do so in a way that is that 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 everybody who deserves to have that acknowledgement gets it. Because people pass away, you know what I mean? Like like right. there's you, you know and and you know like the the New York Dolls, for example, like Sylvain Sylvain. I think New York Dolls should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sylvain Sylvain just just passed away, so maybe they get in, but like right. it, it would be more meaningful if we were able to let in you know fifty this year or something, uh, and right. and really sort of. You know, take care, check a lot of those boxes, which remain unchecked. Are there big arguments? And also, how weird is it? Like, no. it can, like there isn't that when Dave no. Grohl is sitting there and now the Foo Fighters yeah. are up or Rage Against yeah. the Machine is up. Like, do you yeah. advocate for yourself or for, for no, Dave? No, I mean, there's no, there's normally you know, yeah. the, the thing, people take it very seriously. You know, it's very professional. Right. People like someone will in front of Dave Grohl or me make a argument that's not pandering in a way, but in the way that they would make the same argument for whether it's Devo or I don't know exactly right. who's on the off the top of my head is on the list, but um, it's very professional in that regard. It's like, it's like the Illuminati. I got to get in that room. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I might even, uh, you know, I'll go, I'm going to go make a pitch for Peter Frampton. That motherfucker <laughs> can Frampton play the guitar. Peter Frampton should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Let's absolutely. go to the meet. Come on, man. Let's go now. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. Yeah. What are we fucking I'm, around? All right, listen. I'm down with Obviously, me. Tom Morello, this went exactly the way I thought it would be. Uh, you are you, you are a great educator of rock and roll. I wanted to, because when I listen to you on lithium, I learn a lot about, I love all the little stories about the people you play with. I would imagine you've played with people we don't even know about. I was saying oh, this yesterday. No I idea. bet you, yeah. I, I bet you appear on records. Like, like I was talking yesterday, Jimmy Page appeared on, uh, what was I talking about? Little Help uh, with Joe Cocker's Little Help uh, yeah, for My yeah. Friends. No one knows that. I mean, people don't realize that. I guarantee yeah. you Tom Morello has been on records that you sat in the studio did you know flea played bass on um uh what was the hit um one hit wonder uh bust a move uh, bust a move yes bust you did move. know that yeah good for you yeah, that's a good that. one I yeah did young did you know paul mccartney um, played uh celery, celery? On, um, <laughs> on, on the on the Rolling Stone on a Beach Boys record. That's that. right. On their song Vegetables. But anyway, well, I'll, it's funny okay. you should mention that, Howard, because I just happen to have in front of this is just coincidence. I had this on my desk over here because I was ruminating on this and a partial list of artists that I've played on their records include, please, but is not limited to Johnny Cash, Wu Tang Clan, Bass Nectar, Tool, Joan Baez, LL Cool J, Post Malone, Joe Strummer, Chris Christopherson, Ziggy Marley, Run DMC, Emmy Lou Harris, Killer Mike, Chuck Berry, Jimmy Page, The Indigo Girls, Rush, Yo-Yo Ma, Snoop Dogg, Tim McGraw, Pearl Jam, ASAP Rocky, Paul McCartney, to name a few. Wow. All right, just got to ask you this. Johnny Cash, is that yeah. because Rick Rubin worked with Johnny yeah. Cash and that's how you yeah. hooked up? Oh, yeah. okay. I was, right. I, was over, I was over at Rick's one day and they, you know, because Rick had the studio in the basement of his house and <laughs> i heard remember them, that i heard them i heard them mixing a johnny cash record down there and i'm like oh man you're mixing new johnny cash he says no no no, that's johnny cash singing i was like what 
<laughs> Johnny Cash is in the same building that we're in right now. That's incredible. And I got, got to, to play, play in the. I got. I got to play. Yeah, the uh, Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer did a cover of uh, Bob Marley's Redemption song, and Rick called me up one day and said, "said You want to play guitar on this uh, Redemption song by Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer?" I said, "I'm going to clear my schedule for that one." Wow. Uh, How does that work, though? They have to pay you for this session, right? I mean, it, it, I don't think fee? Rick pays me for shit, man. I don't think. Well, I, just, what like, is <laughs> I remember I, to do it. I was happy. To I do remember it. I was at Rick's house and he had those two dogs and the dogs were allowed to shit in the house. And I walked in and the second I walked in, there was dog <laughs> shit on my. And I go, Rick, what's what? He goes, oh, man, I let the dogs do their thing. I don't want to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> he and, doesn't want to stifle the dogs. <laughs> I go, I go, you. I, I said, I got to spend more. I got to spend more time with you that yeah, you're worried yeah, about yeah. the dogs. What if the, oh, what if the guests want to express themselves? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. That's <laughs> oh, so great. All right. Look. This is the greatest. I knew I'd love talking to you once I heard that radio show. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the experiences you've had and the work you put into the guitar. It's just a phenomenal inspiration. It honestly is. Can't tell you how and thrilled I am. The person you are. You're just amazing. Yeah, it's great. You're, you're, you're really something else. Tom Morello, though. And, and, and I really um, must tell you, this is a pretty impressive list of things coming up. Tom Morello is launching a new show. Now, I told you on, on Lithium, Tom has this, uh, you know, he plays music and talks about it. It's just very engaging, as you might imagine. But he has a new show, a podcast in three streaming channels with Sirius XM. I mean, he's, mm. you're working. By the way, when you do your show, yeah. do you record um, just the, the tr in other words, you don't sit and listen to the music. No, while no, no. I curate, I, I mean, I curate all the music I spent. That's right. like, kind of my favorite part is I put that all together and then just record the, like the, I get drops or whatever between the songs. I wouldn't even Me care. My mom, you... I sit in my mom, I sit in my mom's kitchen and we do it together. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I wouldn't even care if you stopped the song. And I see it, it, I can be a strong advocate for you actually sitting there and listening to the music. Cause I wouldn't care if you stopped the record in the middle and go, you hear that riff. Do you yeah, hear yeah. that? You know, I, I would want, you know, anyway. So, so Tom Morello, the guitar master, Harvard grad, Kenyan Prince, by the way, that's how he got uh, to live in his neighborhood. He, uh, oh, geez. Yeah. He, um, he has a podcast and three streaming channels with Sirius XM. Uh, Tom Morello's One Man Revolution continues weekly on Sirius XM Lithium Channel 34. Tom is launching, let me see if I understand this, a new weekly show next Tuesday on Bruce Springsteen's E Street Radio, Sirius XM Channel 20. Tom Morello's Radio Commandante. Radio Commandante. Yeah. Look at so you. basically what that is is like the one-man revolution show is on lithium. And and while it, I play diverse stuff, it's, it's 90s oriented. Radio Commandante is on a bunch of different stations. And one week it might be Springsteen songs. One week it's on Ozzy's Boneyard with my favorite classic metal. One week it's on The Coffee House with my Dylan and Woody Guthrie jams. One week it's on, you know, there's a, there's rap one. So it's basically the, the format of I play what I want to play. I say what I want to say. And it's on, it fits in whatever station I'm doing the show on that particular week. That's Radio Commandante. But that's and only by the part way, of what would... you always say, I say what I want to say and I play what I want to play, which I appreciate. That's like a throwback yeah. to when I first got into radio. I used to work at a yeah. progressive radio station. But, but, but do they have a format for you? Let's say you want to talk about a song for 10 minutes. Yeah. W would they say to you, listen, Tom, you know, cut it out. We want you to talk for two minutes yeah. about the song. They haven't yet. Get, 
They haven't. So <laughs> they you haven't could yet. really, you could keep, in other words, you're completely yeah. in control of the show. Completely okay. in control. I mean, that's, 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 that's the part that, that I enjoy about it. Radio Commandante is dedicated to new musical themes, as Tom just said. Also, next Tuesday, Tom is launching three new channels. What a show off. Uh, Tom Morello's <laughs> Battle Hymns Radio exposes activism and rebellion through the music across many eras and genres. Um, yeah, I'm always trying to figure out your politics. Like, when you went over and played Cuba, I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't stand Castro. I think Castro has done horrible things to people. Um, I have a cousin who's Cuban, uh, came to this country. She's turned me completely off to Castro. There's not, you know, he could say in the beginning, cool revolution, get, get America out of there. Let them be their own people. But then I feel that they are an enslaved people. So I don't know if you like Castro or, I, would, I mean, I would like, I'm, I like, let's run down the radio stations and then I'll talk to you about Castro. Okay. You want. Uh, yeah. You're trying to keep me on. <laughs> you're smart. You're smart. Stay on, Business stay on first. track, Howard. Yeah. Stay on track. Howard. Right, right, right. Tom Morello's Heavy Metal Happy Hour Radio. Tom will handpick heavy metal. I will listen to all this. Yeah. Uh, Tom Morello's, I got to learn how to work the app better because I, you know, I don't always have my schedule in front of me when you're yeah, it's, on. It's, so all, it's to, all just on the app. I'm not so app yeah. friendly either, but it's all on there on the, the Series XM app. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that. Tom Morello's Riffs, Rhymes, and Rebellion Radio, all from Tom Morello's personal record collection. See, I'm interested in all this. This is good. Yeah. I love it. Tom has a new podcast that will be available wherever listeners access podcasts, including Pandora, Stitcher, on Sirius XM's volume channel, 106, Tom Morello's Max. You're, you're going to be busy. I think you're going to have to give <laughs> yeah, up music. Where's Vinny? When is he going to come to tour? I've been locked yeah, down what are you here for practice? a practice? I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I got, you know, between my between my 97-year-old mom and my 9, 11-year-old kids, like I'm running a nursing home and a daycare <laughs> and a kennel over here. So it's nice I mean, to escape up here and rock some heavy metal jams and talk about You know, revolution. it's so true. It's so true. Like one thing you can say to your wife, hey, listen, I got to go to work. I got to make some money around here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like then you get, a, you know, you can get a break from everyone. Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower launches next Wednesday, featuring Tom's influences as an artist and an activist, and there's no shortage of them. You got the gift of gab, my friend. It's that yeah. Harvard background, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and, on really... that, and on that one, it's like, you know, the first episode is, uh, you know, it's me and Serge Tankin from System of a Down talking about the oh. you know, intersection of music and activism. And then there's ones where it's like it's me and, you know, Nuno Betancourt and John Five. And we talk about the occult in heavy metal, you know, and then there's uh, me and Perry Farrell, you know, talking about some of oh. our life. You know, I've, I've known Perry since the 80s. We, you know, we've we've peed behind a lot of dumpsters together in Hollywood <laughs> and we've rocked the biggest stages on the planet. And, what do we uh, Tom Perry Farrell is just a phenomenon, isn't he? He is. Have you ever like played? Guitar? Do you ever sit down with a guy like Perry and say, "Hey, let me play you a riff and, and let's see if we can come up"? Why? Why not? Why not do a yeah, song? Yeah, I mean, with I've, him? I've been a I, I, Jane's Addiction is is a band that I certainly believe should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know, they along with Soundgarden were one of the people that they helped make metalheads feel not ashamed about the lyrics of heavy metal music. And he's right. a great poet, great artist, and of course, yeah, Perry's a good dude, and I would love to. Rock Would he be hard to be in a band with because Perry's so out there? I mean, Perry is such a, like a, like, I don't know. Could you be in a meeting with Perry he's about an band artist. business? I mean, he's an artist yeah. with a capital A, you know what I mean? And that's, that's, yeah. that's when stuff's great. You know, I was going to say great. his life yeah. is his art. He's made that's right. this yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's that's actually what our created. Robin. Yeah. That is I, exactly what our show. Uh, that is exactly what my show with Perry is about. It's like it's living living your life as an artist, which he has done from day one. And thank yes. goodness for it. I yeah. can't wait to hear you two guys together. That to me yeah. would be fascinating. 
I want to hear every fucking detail of how you guys think musically. And what about what about who is the first person you said that you're going to have on? Uh, what Serge, was the name? Serge Tankian from yeah. System of the Down. He's the first one. Yeah. You guys must be like lovers. I mean, you probably want to get into bed with this guy. I mean, I could see you two like yeah, like falling yeah. in love well, for, with each for other. For years, for years, we ran a, a nonprofit organization called Axis of Justice. Like Serge and I were, you know, from day one. You know, like I was a big fan of System of a Down, but I saw um, at an Ozfest. Uh, show in San Bernardino. I went to the Nasfest show and was dismayed by the fact of like the number of of like white power tattoos were in the audience that day. And then, but then looking at the stage, every single band on that stage had at least one non-white member. And I was like, this is like some horribly weird juxtaposition. So I called up Serge and I said, we need to have a presence at shows like that that let people know that you know anti-racism is good. And so we formed right. Axis of Justice and. Like the first day that I actually spent time with Surge was there was some horrible um, edict in Santa, Santa Monica where they banned businesses, individuals, and charities from giving food to homeless people because they thought mm. it made homeless people come around more and they didn't want that. So it was dr draconian measure. So the first thing that Surge and I did the day like we kind of met in person was you know, on Santa Monica. We went on the radio. I think it was K-Rock at the time. We went on K-Rock and said – Surge from System, Tom from Rage are going down to Santa Monica, bringing as much food as they can carry to illegally hand it out to homeless people. Please join us down there. Um, you know, and from that day forward, Surge and I have been, you know, brothers in arms. Oh, dude. yeah. I could, I mean, I could see you two dude. guys just be, just, it, it, that'll be a great conversation for you. And, you know, with all of your connections and all the people you know in the music world, uh, you can really bring in some great guests just to hear you groove with those guys will be really, really good. Yeah, and and what, what I, what I try to create with this show, you know, aside from just play, inflicting my musical tastes on, on listeners, it's in a way it's, you know, like one of the things that I love to do after, after a show, whether it's Springsteen or rage or whatever is finish the show, go take a shower at the hotel, call up the tour manager and I say, find me a dive bar or a heavy metal club where I can DJ tonight. And I go there and I will just play my whatever I want to do, play whatever songs I want to play. And that to me is it's so fun and it's so fulfilling. And it, it's a compliment to me to like the the other side, which is very, very serious. It's like the notes have to be right and the solos have to be. And to me, it's a, it's a way of sort of like letting go and enjoying like music fully. That's what all these stations are. And. You know, especially during pandemic times, I had a great time putting this stuff together. I've got, you know, a ton of shows in the bank now, and it's really, really fun to keep, you know, expanding. ways. But like the talk stuff is kind of like a night at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. You know, right. it's like we sit yeah. around and, and it's sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's deadly serious. It's a lot of opinionated rock and roll talk about, you know, I love we, it. we play this game. We play this game called Mount Rushmore where, right. you know, you say like you know, who are the best four or the worst, what are the worst four guitar solos on heavy metal records? You know, and it's, it's a, <laughs> what are they, by the way? I, oh, wow. I don't know. I, mean, I got to tune into that. I, <laughs> that sounds, I, I want to hear that. You know, uh, to me, the best, I, I was trying to think like, what's off the top of my head. Is Kashmir the best, is Kashmir the best rock riff? When you talk about riffs, <laughs> brand -an -an, yeah. brand -an -an. it's a strong was, one. That's a strong it, one. Jimmy Page has a lot, you know, I think that the top 10 rock riffs of all time are, clogged with jimmy page riffs there's a lot clogged with jimmy page and i was thinking yeah. am i crazy if i say queen keep yourself alive N no you're not crazy at all that's a uh, queen sabbath I mean, you know i mean anyway, so that's what we on, do on these shows you, is it's like do you realize just, you're going to be on every fucking channel on sirius i mean as soon as it's going to be like tom morello's catholic like. channel it's, countdown <laughs> it's going to be all Howard, you have no idea i could totally do the cat i could do an hour a week on the cat i went to one year of catholic school that is 
both scarred and transformed me forever. I could do that one. No you know, you problem. You know, you made me think. I was thinking of this the other day, and you just brought it up. It's so true about when your music is completely misused by people in the sense that I bet you at that Capitol, the thing that went down at the Capitol, I bet you there were a ton of people playing Rage Against the Machine music. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah, yeah there's, there's some pretty message. hilarious videos of people kind of not getting it, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean de- demanding liberty while embracing racism is the founding principle of the United States. I mean, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. One, you're one yeah. sentence away from understanding when you realize that. Yeah. Well, listen, you've made great music and you're going to make great radio for Sirius XM, which is uh, I look forward to. I'm telling you, I'm a big fan. And, uh, you know, well, I don't know. Now I got to follow him all over the place. I know. I, it's a little <laughs> too much Tom Morello in my life, honestly. <laughs> it's like, I, I really do. I, I, I know what time the show comes on lithium and then I, I, I go and I work out to it. And I like that. You know, it reminds me of the beginning when I got in radio. We used to have progressive radio. I could play whatever I wanted on the radio. That's right. That's right. I only worked Anything. at one station like that. Anything. 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 And, Anything. you know, it, it was crazy because some people, yeah. I don't know, they, they, they refused to play anything commercial. But it really was liberating to play these records, and uh, that's you know, what it is. Sort of, it's, it's, yeah. It is liberating, and part of it, part of it, is that kind of like post-show DJ vibe where I play what I want. But part of it is also what I would play for friends in my living room. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's yep. it's that's which are two different things. And part of it is it's like it's songs I want you to hear, or here's a song that I worked on. You know, here's a song. Uh, Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers and RZA from Wu-Tang and I one day did this in the studio. It's not out anywhere, but I've got it on my computer. I'm going to play that one today. It's like there's yes. absolutely no no rules to it. And it's kind of letting, you know, it's playing songs for my friends and inflicting my musical vision on an unsuspecting Yeah, when I, hear you, when I hear you doing your radio show and I hear you, um, you know, that, that, that uh, song you did with Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 Like yeah, yeah. I had never heard Can't that stop before. The bleeding. Yeah. Can't Stop the Bleeding. Fucking yeah. great song in that guy. I mean, you know, jeez, uh, uh, you know, that's such a good song. Great song. Great, great stuff. You know, hey, listen. I've kept you long enough. I kept you like I two know. hours. You, I you look antsy now. I, I, I'm feeling yeah, for you. Yeah. You need to pay. All right. Yeah, I think so. I uh, think so. I got first whole, of all, remote learning is about to begin in my house momentarily. Yeah, I hear you. Kids, Tom, so first of all, give my regards to the ambassador. Tell him I said hi. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. Um, I, I'm going to tell everyone as quickly as possible if you want to hear more Tom Morello, and I suggest you do want to hear more Tom Morello. Tom is launching a new show. Some podcasts, three streaming channels with Sirius XM, plenty of stuff, um, and all of it very unique. Uh, the One Man Revolution continues on Sirius XM's Lithium. Check that one out for sure. I'm a fan. And then we got the new thing on uh, the Bruce Springsteen E Street Radio. Uh, that's Channel 20. Uh, Tom, obviously, close with Bruce. Bruce wishes he could just drop everyone and just form a band with Tom. He can't. It's just too fucking weird. Uh, I, I feel for him. I know he wants to start a band with you. So, I mean, he wants to just, this guy's in love with you. The way he looks at you when he plays, he gets, he gets charged up like you're a young woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he gets excited. Uh, Tom Morello's Radio Commandante dedicated to new musical theme each week. Then you got the three new channels, which is crazy. 
I only have two channels. I've been here for a long time. <laughs> I have to talk to the front office. Tom yeah. Morello's Battle Hymns Radio. Activism, rebellion. Tom Morello's Heavy Metal Happy Hour Radio. And he knows these guys. He's not just fucking playing the records. He's been there. And Tom's Riffs, Rhymes, and Rebellion Radio. Uh, all from his personal record collection. I can't wait for that. And uh, I really look forward to it. And, and then Tom has a new podcast available wherever listeners access podcasts. Pandora. Stitcher, Sirius XM's Volume Channel 106, uh, Maximum Firepower with Tom Morello launches next Wednesday featuring Tom's influences as an artist and activist. Uh, so, hey, man, uh, great to to see you doing all this stuff. I love it. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a, glad you're into it. It's a lot. And, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for being and thanks here. Thanks for being. I mean, you've, and you're a real advocate. Like I, like I said at the beginning, like I hear, I hear that you listen to my one man revolution show and hype it up on your show. So I appreciate that. Oh yeah. I'm no bullshit. I mean, I really yeah. do listen to it and I, yeah. and I love you yeah. for doing it because I'm having a, a great, Oh, you know, the woman who runs this company, Jennifer Witz, I don't know. She's the CEO. She says we have to wrap it up because uh, you have shows to do and she feels you're fucking off. Let me, Jennifer, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get them off right now. Okay. <laughs> Wrap this shit up, Stern. Tom has 47 shows to do. Come on. All right, Jennifer, I'm on it. I will uh, wrap it up with him right now. Thank Tom, thank you for uh, being hey, with us. Thanks very much, Howard. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for having me. It was great. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, All right. There he is, the one and only Tom Morello. He says, fuck it. Doesn't matter what guitar I play. Doesn't matter what amp I use. I don't even have to cut the strings on my guitar. What can a do it all. depth there is to him. Yes. And I feel like we only scratched the surface. Didn't get the half of the shit I needed to talk to him I about. Know, I, had a, I know you had a lot of uh, stuff. I had a list of songs here that Tom's into, and I wanted to ask him about them. Yeah, we hardly like, got uh, to uh, any music. You know, I wanted to hear, you know, a whole bunch more about both those bands, Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave and all that. What am I going to do? Listen, I could see the guy... Probably out of pee, uh, you know. He just <laughs> well, for two hours. I was like, he's squirming around in that chair. No. <laughs> that's what I meant. I have to pee. I know that. <laughs> well, uh, I was really looking forward to talking to Tom. Yeah. Um, I think I ran into Tom years ago. I was in L.A. Oh yeah. And I was at Rick Rick Rubin's house, who's his good buddy, and I uh -huh. and I love Rick. Rick had invited me over. It was over twenty years ago. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Tom was there. But I was so shy. I think I said hello to him or something. I, that I didn't. Was uh, it? That was it. I didn't. I just sat by myself. <laughs> As <laughs> usual at a party, yeah. Howard's yeah. sitting by himself. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to go to parties and um, just kind of sit <laughs> and think. <laughs> I, I don't want to bother anyone, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I got... So into hearing him on these uh, on this radio show on Lithium yeah. that I figured it'd be great to have him on. And so there you have it. All right, listen, it's gotten late in the morning, Robin. We are uh, we're ready to uh, leave, I guess, and uh, we'll see you the next time. There we go. Bye.